This is cross-culture, exploring the intersection of our faith and the culture that we live in. We're exploring the question, why do we love superheroes? Superheroes. Uh, I just finished watching Loki on TV, and I actually don't watch TV ever, but because I'm so sucked into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I find myself watching the TV shows on Disney Plus, and this isn't an ad for them, but it's it's just something about the superhero story, something about uh, what that's doing. Uh, it's just so intriguing to me and millions and millions of people. And so I'm looking forward to talking about it because, well, of the top 15 grossing movies of all time, five of them are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And there's a lot more that have to do with superheroes or, um, yeah, whether it's Marvel or others. It's just so pervasive and lucrative. And so we're going to explore that topic further. David, what are your like initial thoughts on the topic? Well, this question is very special to me because this is one that has played such a key role in my life, in my way of thinking about the world. When I was young, I used to come home from school and look forward to the, the excellent, excellently produced uh, Batman uh, cartoons mm-hmm. and the, the very, very well done Spider-Man cartoons. And these became uh, so much a part of my life that the vocabulary, the ideas of superheroes entered into my ways of thinking and the ways that I wanted to view the world. And so the question of why we love superheroes is one that's been a, in many ways, a lifelong question for me. Mm. Superheroes represent the best and at times worst parts of our hearts. And nothing can get you thinking about yourself and who you are quite like a well-told superhero story. Mm. So which superhero do you most identify with then? I think the superhero that does the best job of telling the story of why people like superheroes and the one that that was always closest to my own heart is Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. If you don't know the story of Spider-Man, Spider-Man becomes a superhero when he's just 15, a time where everyone is awkward and searching for who they are. And at first he gains superpowers and he wants to use them just to make money. But he quickly learns that, indeed, with great power comes great responsibility, or Mm. must also come great responsibility if you're a stickler for exact quotes. And um, he he begins to grow into the role of becoming Spider-Man. And the sort of of villains he starts to face start to escalate and so on. But part of what makes the story so special is the fact that we all dream of being something greater than we currently are. And yet we also have this fear that if we were to become greater than we currently are, that it would change us. Mm -hmm. We have this fear that somehow we are not really the people that we wish we were. Mm -hmm. And the superhero story is the story of a person who received great power and then chose to also do the right thing with that power. And I think that's that's really the, the... the primary narrative that makes all well-told superhero stories go. It's what do you do with the responsibility of the power that you are given? Mm. And this is like, a, it helps define all superheroes, but 
the most recent phenomenon of Marvel and DC mostly comes from America, right? Yes, absolutely. And there are good reasons for that. Every culture has stories of um, heroes. There's the oldest stories in the world, the Epic of Gilgamesh, has two super-powered heroes who go out and they have great adventures and they wrestle with the great uh, problems and, and concerns of human life, mortality and leaving a legacy and all of those sorts of questions. But I think because Americans don't have the history, we're a new nation, we don't have the rootedness that those older traditions had. So the, the iconic stories that, that tell the values of those cultures, uh, St. George and the Dragon or Beowulf, that, that the, the great stories of courage and overcoming of uh, insurmountable threats that were, that were confronted and conquered, because the, America doesn't have long-running stories like that, we have invented new stories. And like all such stories, they tell the values of American culture very closely. Mm. But then there's something that happens with uh, American superhero stories that goes beyond just like having courage, right? It's also you have laser eyes and you have like indestructible skin or, you know, so many varieties of super things that are just never attainable in real human life, right? Mm -hmm. And that has, there are good reasons for that. Part of that is that we, we do just wish we were greater and better than we really are. But the, one of the really defining American qualities is individualism. Mm -hmm. Americans mm -hmm. want to be yeah. recognized and seen as individuals. We Unique. like to be acknowledged. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, there's this, what are the, what were the, what are the biggest money makers in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe have been the Avengers, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because we also have this dream now in American culture, especially as we get, you know, sort of beyond the the baby boomers and sorry, baby boomers in our audience, and into the 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 millennials coming of age. There's such a longing for a connectedness that doesn't dissolve our individuality, but this this longing to be with people who complement our individual strengths. And something about specifically things like the Avengers and the Justice League really, uh, really twing, really cause those parts of our heartstrings to twinge a little bit. Mm -hmm. The idea that I can be myself here, but I can also be be myself with other people who are being themselves, mm -hmm. and we can work together. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the mission statement of a church somewhere. Like that, that's what it's supposed to be about, right? Like we are loved and accepted as we are, but we are also brought into a community with others that are loved and accepted as they are, right? And yet so rarely is that our actual experience in church, is it? <laughs> right. And that's part of the appeal of superhero stories. It's that we wish that our, our real life could be that way. We wish that we could be as good as Captain America or Iron Man. And there, there's something of a dream, a hope inherent in those stories. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm thinking especially of Iron Man, isn't it? Because w when we look at the billionaires that we have today, we're seeing these really charismatic, really interesting figures in our generation, the, the uh, Elon Musks and Jeff Bezoses of the world. 
um, even someone like Mark Zuckerberg giving press conferences in Chinese. Mm. And I could totally see one of these guys going the going the Marvel route and building a building a, a mecca to to say, hey, let's solve the world's problems the the interesting way. But but none of our people do that. And I think we as Americans have developed a level of cynicism where earlier generations of Americans really trusted the government. Mm. They really trusted the, the, the structures in our society that said, we're going to help you. And because we no longer trust them, it's so fulfilling for us to have heroes that we can trust, that we know that they, are, that they actually are trying to do the good of the world that they want to save the world and not merely just make more money. Yeah. Like you could tell by the way that they portray Captain America, he like worked outside of the government oftentimes in the movies. Like he was um he himself was like the noble one and the government was kind of like just suits that were just doing their jobs. They weren't portrayed in as like good or of a light. And then everything happened with Hydra and whatnot, which kind of like tells that story. And if you were to look back at the history of the superhero genre, which in many ways is the history of comics, you would see that, that it really reflects society over a very long period of time. You would see that in each generation, the values of that generation have been expressed. My favorite Captain America story is that the very first issue of Captain America had on its cover uh, Captain America pu punching Adolf Hitler in the face. And this was a year before the Americans entered the war. Mm. and this was the that was in many ways the whole purpose of that uh, era of mm. the golden age of comics was expressing the hopes that we can beat the nazis it's doable we are this is a war that we can win and in many ways the the helplessness that people felt was in some ways alleviated by the the, the dreams of superheroes superheroes represented the best hope they had of a, a world that was filled with fear and that really persisted through what was the what was the silver age of comics it was the 1960s when the cold war was in full force and all of the best supervillains were soviets and everyone was terrified of nuclear war mm -hmm. and here were these you know heroes in shining armor who kind of brought in and brought everyone hope yeah yeah but then you get into the 80s and you had the post vietnam era and who was the super I, I dare not call him a hero, born in the 80s, but the Punisher. And he was a guy who had come from Vietnam, and he'd ex he had experienced all the trauma and the um, cynicism that came with it. And it's not an accident that he was much less heroic in the classical sense than any of the superheroes that came before him. In other words, in many ways, superheroes are a reflection of our own hearts, of the ways that we think of our souls, of the areas in which we have the best parts of us that are made in the image of God and the worst parts of us that have been so deeply dragged through the mud of sin. Mm. We see them all when we look at the, uh, the, the capes mm. that we've allowed to express our, our deep longings. Yeah. And I want to believe that the Bible needs to provide those kind of same answers, the same or bigger and better, a truer hope, uh, a truer uh, reason for for change and making ourselves better, for believing that we can like change the world. I believe that the Bible has to provide that, right? Like we, there, there may not be superheroes in the way that 
um, Spider-Man is a superhero, but there are supernatural things uh, and realities that we can live in. Well, in some ways, I think superhero mo- I, the superhero idea should be especially special to us as Christians because the fundamental message of the superhero genre is if you've been gr- given great power and you have a great purpose, it's irresponsible to do nothing. Mm. The soul of supervillainism is not, you know, twirling your mustache and, la- and having a unique laugh. The soul of being a supervillain is saying, I have great power and I'm going to use it t- to feed myself. For personal gain. For personal gain. Mm-hmm. And the, the joy and the fear of the New Testament is the fact that we've been given immense personal power. It's that we have been given the responsibility and the means to show everyone around us who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Jesus said we would do greater miracles than he did. Mm. And yet, how many of us simply sit around and are content with normal life? Yeah. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead can dwell in us. Yeah. And yet, it doesn't feel like I'm living in a Marvel movie. Most of our lives just feel like pre-bite from radioactive spider. Mm. And that's what most of us really need, isn't it? We, we are all at that point where we're looking for our origin story. And interestingly enough, if you were to read the Bible, so many of the, the people in the story, their lives hinge on one decision, on one moment where God says to Abraham, leave your country and your father's house and go to the land where I'm showing you. And he steps out and crazy things start to happen. Uh, Peter and James and John are on their fishing boat. And Jesus says, come follow me. And they decide to strep out and crazy things happen. Uh, the spies come into the, st- the city of Jericho and they come into Rahab's house and they say, hey, we need somewhere to stay. And she says, okay, what do I have to lose? And crazy things start to happen. She ends up in the lineage of Jesus. So, so often our lives can, can rise or fall on the strength of one decision. Will, will I go for it? Will I settle for a normal life? And the call of the gospel, just as the call of the superhero life is, will I be content with a normal life or will I seek adventure? Will I seek purpose? Will I try to do something with this power that I've been given? Mm-hmm. It's a high calling for someone who's, you know, for many of us who are just trying to get through our weeks, working our nine to fives, or just kind of like, yeah, if we're not a missionary out there putting our life in danger, like how much danger can we really put our lives in here, stateside? Where the, well, this is where the gospel begins to reveal both the strengths and the flaws of the classic superhero story. The strengths of it are that we are indeed called to resist evil and do it while avoiding being polluted by evil ourselves. Both the results of what we do and how we do it are both immensely important. And that's, that's very close to the heart of the sort of justice that God has in mind. Uh, on the other hand, it, it kind of demonstrates how the, 
the shape of the superhero story is always drawn towards the bigger, the more epic, the more climactic. It's really hard to uh, find a suitable villain to succeed Thanos. Once you've had the story that brought together all of the other threads of the story, it's hard to tell a small story after that because people are looking for a bigger story. How do we surpass that? Is mm -hmm. such an intense question. Where do we go next? And yet, the, uh, the gospel reminds us that the smallest stories are still uh, glorious stories, valuable stories. Every human life is made in the image of God. We don't need to save the world to be superheroes because in reality, uh, showing love to one child, uh, speaking, speaking the right words to a person at exactly the right time, listening to the Holy Spirit and saying yes today might, might alter the difference of who knows how many people's eternities, and yet we'll never know the results in our own lifetime. Mm -hmm. So the, the idea that we always need to tell a bigger story is in many ways a lie, and it's one that we do need to confront. Because the small stories, the, uh, the street-level heroes, they would say in the, the comic book trade, are the ones who often ha actually have the most impact. The, the wisest modern proverb, I think, is not all heroes wear capes. Mm -hmm. And this is where we as Christians can really go forward and be capeless heroes in the world around us. Mm. It reminds me of the, the, the conversation between Peter Parker and Iron Man where he's like, you know, he's like, I'm nothing without the suit. And he's like, if you're nothing without the suit, then you don't deserve the suit. As in, like the, the 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 qualities that make the superheroes truly great, transcendent, are not necessarily the powers in themselves, but like their character that wields that power. Mm -hmm. And I I really appreciate that. That brings the the majesty of superheroes down to the ground level, to attainable goals for us too. Speaking of attainable goals. In closing, I think one of the most important things we can remember is that one superpower that we all as Christians have in common is the capacity to pray. Because at the end of the day, the, the, the superpowers, the spiritual gifts that we have are not merely innate. They are relational. Mm. They are based on our ongoing relationship with God who lives inside of us a source of unimaginable power, and yet one that we so often take for granted. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would just like to, to pray as we close here, because as we seek to close that gap between the, uh, the, the power, the responsibility that so many of us wish that we had to change the world, and the lived experience of our frustration with not obtaining that power, Really, the way that we close that gap is, is through prayer. Mm -hmm. So why don't we pray together that the Lord would empower you to be the superhero within your own story, yeah. that you would be able to live out his will and his purposes in the, amidst the problems and the injustice that you see. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would empower each of our listeners by the power of your Holy Spirit. I ask, Lord, that you would help them to recognize uh, their own gift set, their own uh, special callings and ideas and missions, uh, 
we ask, Lord, that you would bring them into a place of obedience where they would not settle for life as normal, but they would be brought into the story that you are telling through them. I ask, Lord, that you would give each of our listeners great courage, that they would have the courage to confront the evils which they would be afraid of the, the, of the consequences of facing, that they would be able to step beyond um, normal, yes, okay, smile and nod, and come to the place of Jesus, mm-hmm. where they would follow you and say yes to you, even when it brings personal discomfort and even persecution. I ask, Lord, that you would give all of us the, the initiative, the momentum, to be able to continue making the right choices, even when the wrong choices are easier and simpler. Mm-hmm. We ask, Lord, that you would be with us and that we, you would bring elements of that adventure and that wonder into our day-to-day, week-to-week, nine-to-five lives. We bless your work in us, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would be more and more active in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's about it for this episode. We'll see you guys next time.